Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, my gosh. I hope you had the most beautiful, fun, happy Halloween. And I hope you're recovering and taking care of yourself, mama. Hey, Lizzie here. I did an episode today with my friend and past client, Shara. And it was incredible. I'm so excited for you to hear it. I want to especially dedicate this episode to any women who have felt like they tend to get very afraid of taking up space and being big in the world. If you tend to and have tended to from a very young age, maybe you were kind of programmed to do this or you only knew how to be safe when you fit into the boxes, followed the directions, stayed out of the way, you know, didn't create drama, didn't have too big of a needs, were a quote, good girl. This takes a toll on the wild woman and the feminine within us. It sometimes makes our bodies an unsafe place to be. Shara experienced uh, and does experience type one diabetes since she was 15 years old. She experienced a lot of fear and feeling this pressure to live in rigidity in her body, in her health, in her religion and then in her motherhood. And in this episode, she reclaims her body. She has now moving from through doing one of the meditations on my podcast. She worked with me three years ago. She's now recovering from fear. And one of the meditations on this podcast really kicked her into this realization that her body is done being controlled and subjected. And her body wants to be heard and wants to express itself and wants to have her live in it and have a new relationship with her. I believe this is what every woman's body wants. I am dedicated to helping as many women as women as possible become embodied through this podcast, through my membership or working with me one-on-one And I want to share with you today, this conversation, especially the last three quarters of it is very potent. A lot of big takeaways, a really all-time favorite quote of mine by Marianne Williamson that I share. So definitely stay tuned toward the end. And I'm sharing a special invitation to my new book club for Restoring the Feminine. So you can check that out towards the end of the episode as well. So stay tuned. We'll see you at the end. I love you guys. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. It's Lizzie Langston. We are live on the Postpartum Coach Podcast. We have an episode today all about embodiment as I twirl my wrists. If you're not on camera with me, you can just imagine me twirling my wrists. And I painted my fingernails hot pink just this morning, hot off the press. I love it. Just for you guys. And sorry, just not sorry. Actually, you're welcome. Um, I got amazing eyelashes just for my YouTube people. Well, let's be real. I wanted them, but 
now I have a real good reason to get them because <laughs> they take like two hours to sit there and get them on. Oh, and I am here with a, a friend of mine, Shara, and she's also technically a past client. I mean, it's been a couple years, right? Since we've worked together. Three. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been three years and you've had a yeah. baby. You've become a mother because when we first worked together, you wanted to be a mom. You had been experiencing maybe some infertility. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you've had your baby. I've seen him. He's adorable. He's napping in the other room. So wait <laughs> yes. for nap time. <laughs> And I'm going to let Shara introduce herself, but Shara is an artist. She's now a mother. She's married. She lives in Washington. Yeah. Yes. I got it right. And you totally emanate Washington vibes. And here's, I want to, before I have Shara introduce herself, (laughs) I wanted to remind everybody, first of all, you need my free mini course in your life. If you haven't gotten it, there are, and there's a free meditation. So Shara actually had an amazing experience from a meditation of mine that is free on the podcast. And she just, you know, has continued following my work since we worked together, which is so lovely. And I have loved keeping in touch with her here and there. And she had the most miraculous, amazing moment through a meditation on this podcast. And so she, Marco Polo me, shared it with me. And I thought we have to talk about this. It's, and it's so much more than just, oh my gosh, look how amazing this meditation was. Although it is. And I, We'll refer you to that in a moment and yay for meditation. It started my spiritual awakening back in 2020. Can't say good things, enough good things, but it was also, um, I just had a total brain fart. I don't even, what was I just saying? <laughs> what was I saying, Shara? Um, oh man. Um, you took me right off with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm good at that. So anyway, basically she pulled, okay. So it's meditation, but it's also embodiment stuff. That's what it was. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, brain. Um, it's also like she had this epiphany. So I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but let me just preface by saying, number one, get my freebie. It's lizzylangston.com links in the show notes. Number two, if you are a mother and a woman and, or either one of those or both, and you desire to be more vivacious, more alive, if you are lacking some playfulness, some purpose, and some passion in your life, then I think you're really going to resonate with where Shara is on her path and the epiphanies she's had and the work she still has to do. And I think you will also be benefited by my perspective. We're going to be talking about um, the fear that we have of our own power. We're going to be talking about reclaiming our health and reclaiming our bodies and our direct connection to source in our bodies and the all-knowingness of a woman's body that has made people fearful for many years and, and generations, including us. We are afraid of it. And um, so we're going to be talking about what it's like to play with the fire of the life force that is in a woman. And um, yeah, I think this might just change your paradigm, ladies. So um, yeah, make sure you get on the email list because I am getting ready to do like a 10 email series to anybody, like just for the people that have signed up on the free mini course. But without further ado, Shara, please enlighten us. Give us some of that Washington energy and introduce yourself. <laughs> On my foggy Halloween day in Washington. Yes, foggy. Um, yes. Also, plug your emails. I love still getting your emails there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I worked with who are you? <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah. Who are you? Who am I? I hope we know by the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, I worked with the, with Lizzie 
a few years ago because I was feeling um wanting we had been trying to become pregnant for about a year and struggling with that and I really resonated with a lot of the things that you talked about on your podcast and on your Instagram um because in 2020 I was experiencing a big shift in my life I grew up a member of the LDS church I would so I would say as a kid I would be described as fiery creative passionate relatives and friends who knew me as a kid would tell you I was a handful as a kid. My parents would just say I had big emotions because they're sweet. Um, and then I would explain my like teenage years and young adulthood as like very devout, dedicated. It was, I almost, I mean, it was a phase that I can almost remember the shift of like, I am, I cannot be this loud. I cannot be this big. I need to build habits of dedication and of prayer and scripture study. And like, and I brick by brick, I built up walls and uh, um, I've been playing like it today, yeah. like training myself to be good, like to do all of the things that I thought that I was learning at school and at church and from my parents and the world of just how to be good and how to be right. And like, okay, I need, like as a 10 year old, I was like, okay, I need to be exercising because that's good for your body. Like, and like. Almost to an extreme. Yes. Yes. I took that passion and I took that fire and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it all. And I'm going to do it right. Yeah. I know so many women who can relate to that. So thank you for being vulnerable with us and like sharing that. Yeah. And I, it just got, my walls got thicker and stronger and, um, like the more I grew, the older I got. Um, and then I went to college at a church school and I was like, I need to go on a mission. And I went on a mission for a couple months. And while I was out there, it just like, Actually, I I can mark it to the day I entered the MTC. I broke. I just like that was kind of the beginning of the cracking of the end. Just, <laughs> yes, the beginning of the end mm-hmm. because I I walked in there and they they were talking about all of the rules and everything and I was like I can't do this. Like I just am not. I don't know. It felt like inadequacy. It felt like I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm getting too much in the weeds here, but. You're I fine. wouldn't have told you that I was afraid of God. I was afraid of myself. I loved God. God was great. And like, but I was afraid that I just, I was afraid of myself, of my own power, of my own fire, of my own passion, that how could God accept me or love me when I was just so much, if I couldn't always stay right like, yes, he loves us no matter what. Like I understood that to some extent, but the fear of myself and the fear of my own bigness, my mm-hmm. own, like, I don't know. I keep wanting to say fire, but cause say it, say fire. but that fear of my own fire was intense. And when I was surrounded by like so many rules and so much, mm-hmm. so much everything at the MTC, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Can I, I want to, can I interject real quick? Yeah, please. 
I also served a mission, um, grew up LDS and this is definitely not going to become a church bashing. Yes. <laughs> episode. No, no, so if anybody no. here is LDS, we love you and support you and we welcome you. And this, this episode is yes. actually not going to be about church. It's going to be about our bodies yes. and, and embodiment. And so if you're hanging on to a faith and you love that girl, go. Um, however, it does just so happen that we've both since left the church, um, but no hard feelings. And like, I just wanted to say that as I've stepped back from the church and as I was, because it was a three-year process for me. Um, and I can say this with love and respect for the institution of the church I grew up in. Um, and I think this represents a lot of broader Christianity is there is a lot of masculinity in wrapped into like the emergence of Christianity also happened at a time that was extremely um, patriarchal. And so the two are not separate. And that I think yeah. was my biggest, my biggest invitation to need to leave was because I was exploring and finally finding my inner feminine and connecting with divine mother energy and connecting with what it is to be a feminine being. And I just felt like I had to forsake that every time I walked through those doors because the teachings were so linear. Now I realize that's not true. And I realized that I had the choice to stay and to continue to develop my feminine and get my feminine spiritual needs met outside of the church. I just didn't want to do that. So I chose to go. I have many friends who are doing that and they are very happy in the church. And then they just get their, their feminine spiritual, you know, enoughness met, met uh, elsewhere, but Thank you. Or in other ways, even inside, like finding ways to bring, to introduce that into their congregations. I think that's really yeah. beautiful too. And if you're like, what is the, fe- what's that feminine spiritual needs? Just stay tuned because I think ultimately you cannot become embodied without exploring and understanding and feeling the feminine. The feminine is embodied. The feminine is um, wild and loud and ferocious and um, spontaneous and also soft and subtle and, um, you know, whereas the masculine is, can be more linear, more solutions focused, more logical. Um, and you know, like the covenant path, for example, and I don't say that out of criticism at all. I think it's a really beautiful doctrine. Um, it's just very like, do this, then this, then this, whereas the feminine can be more cyclical and more, um, you know, ebby and flowy and stuff. So anyway, we kind of digress for a moment. I think we wanted to touch, I, I think we naturally just did touch on that. It's not like we even planned about it, but it's just been a really big part of our lives. And I think it's pertinent yeah. to the conversation of getting embodied again. So yes. Yeah. It's, it's important to my journey specifically, um, because that was the thing that I really poured myself into, but I was not only getting that message of, um, like you're too much, that message, you're too much. You need to rein it in. You need to control yourself. I, that was not the only place that I was getting it church was not the only place I was getting that message. Tell me more. Where else were you getting it? Just curious. So I mean, just I, as you were talking like society, we want, we to be wild and ferocious and spontaneous. Those are things that are kind of frowned upon. Like you should be dedicated. You should be like in school, you do better if you can be dedicated and organized and solution focused and getting things done on time in a certain way. If you know, this is the rubric, can you follow this rubric and write a paper that matches this? Yeah. And so I said, yes, I can do that. I can channel everything. I can control this. I was also diagnosed with diabetes when I was 15, which is young. So is that normal to be 
type? Well, it's juvenile diabetes or type one diabetes. So it's very different than type two diabetes. I almost wish they were called different things because they are very, very different. different. Okay. Um, type one diabetes is when it's an autoimmune disease. So when your pancreas stops working or stops creating insulin oh. or with type two, you're, there's an issue with, um, the absorption of insulin. And sometimes that can be managed with diet and exercise, um, okay. or like lifestyle changes. Okay. Type one diabetes cannot be, is not cured. You can't cure it and you can't change it with, um, with drugs or, um, lifestyle changes. You have to take insulin. You're insulin dependent. Okay. Um, and there's no cure for it. Yeah. Do you want, can, I want to comment on the school thing you were talking about because yes. You know, patriarchy is a really hot word in feminism and my husband does not love the word. And because he doesn't love the word, I've had to actually get curious about different ways to explain what I mean when I use that word. And I'm going to, I'm going to call myself out and say that I've totally in angry moments. I've just been like, like I've kind of used that word to mean a lot of different things that were just coming from a place of frustration and anger and pain, feminine Mm -hmm. rage. But as I've kind of done that processing and cleaned that up, I just wanted to give a very clean, clear explanation of what I mean and what I, when I, when we are going to talk about anything. So when, when Shara says going to school and you got to sit here and do this and da, 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 what it's patriarchy is essentially, um, like a dominant masculine approach to life and, and it's masculine dominant. And, um, masculine, not even necessarily meaning male, not male, not gender. We're not talking about gender. We're talking about two different energies. One is a linear, um, you know, and I have a whole list I should probably find and read to y'all, but we, maybe we can do a separate episode on that. But, um, masculine is linear. It's solution focused. It's not as much like, let me just listen and feel it's like, let's, you know, find solutions. Um, it's reason, like reason, logic, and all the things that we value, like the, you know, the scientific method and stuff like that. And then the feminine is more the subtle energies and, um, like earth energies and, um, un- spontane- spontaneity and cyclical instead of linear, it's cyclical. Okay. So it's the, yin yin. Like it's, it's a lot of things that we just, as a society have not taken the time to look into or, or try to understand at least not mainstream. There are, there, the feminine is totally the feminine energy is being restored. Um, anyway, so I feel like I should stop talking, but yeah, so that that's, (laughs) that's all is like, it's good. It's good. So, so I, when I say we live in a patriarchal society and that that's been hard on me as a woman, what that means is that as I've explored my feminine, there's not really socially acceptable, really big feminine expression ways. Now it's becoming better. And I'm clearing the way and helping a lot more women do that. But so the toll that that's taken, going back to Shara, let's continue with your story. The toll that that's taking here is that you put yourself in this box of like, okay, I'll blend in. I won't be a, 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 a too feminine, right? Because obviously that's not the, the norm. So I'll kind of stick myself in this box. And so how did that then play out as you, so 15, you got diagnosed with di- type one diabetes. So take us from there to the moment you did my meditation the other day, like what, what played out? Yes. Um, so the diabetes was another thing that was like, so I remember that moment when I was like, okay, I need to rein this in and like, was like, okay, I need to be really good with church. Well, then I got diabetes and then all of these medical professionals are saying, control your blood sugars, control your blood sugars. There are all of these complications. 
all of these future issues that can happen if you don't control your blood sugars. And so the like the best hope you have is control your blood sugars. By the way, it's going to get worse. It's going to be harder to control around your period. By the way, it's harder to control it in different seasons of the year when the temperature is different. By the way, like it's harder to control around exercise. It's harder to control all of these things. Um, and as a 15 year old who is already very like insecure about my body, now my body is the enemy. My body needs to be controlled constantly. It is now my brain's job to do my body's job. That is interesting. That That is, that was really good. We'll come back to that. Like there, that was the shift was like, okay, my body can't do this. My brain has to take over and be in charge of my body or else I'm going to have my feet cut off. I'm going to go blind. I'm going to not be able to feel things because my nerves will get damaged. I will get like severely overweight. I won't be able to move. I won't be able to walk like all of these big, big fears that I was like, okay, I have to control. And for years, like that's, you go to the primary care doctor and they're like, okay, you know, whatever, and not slamming on doctors at all. They're just like, oh, you have type one diabetes. How's your control? That's the word they use is how's your control? Like, okay, it's pretty good. This is my A1C. That's a test. Uh, That's like a number that you get that shows the health of your red blood cells over the last three months. So like, basically it's a, it's a grade on your level of control. (laughs) Wow. And so I could like, what's your control? I can tell you my number. It's 7.1, it's 6.9, it's 8.2, whatever. Um, the higher it is, the worse. Um, anyway, so like, that's another area where I was like, okay, I need to be in control. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So then um, after, so coming back to like the spiritual side of it, my mission kind of started this mental health issues with me and um, ended up leaving my mission early because of depression and anxiety. Went back to school, still struggled with a lot of depression and anxiety and tried to manage that through church, started seeing therapy going and getting coaching and learning a lot more about my mental health. And the more I learned about my mental health and the more progress I made, the more my foundation started to crumble and change. What foundation of health or of, of church, I think specifically of like, this is how, because church was the lens that I looked through for, this is how the world works. This is how everything works. And I was like, oh, 
it's possible that there's gray areas in things, not black and white. Like that's what I kept coming back to with my therapist and things that we were coming back to with my therapist are, were like concepts of unconditional love and unconditional worth and which are feminine. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. And the more, and then the pandemic happened and it gave me space to listen to my own thoughts because I couldn't go to church. I didn't even realize that's what I needed at that time was to have some space with no input because I never would have stopped going to church. I was so all in and just, I loved it so, so much. It was my safety. It was my, like, it was everything for me. But when I had that space and I could listen to myself, I was like, this actually doesn't feel like love to me anymore. I want love to feel bigger than this. I want love to, to feel bigger than these walls. I want to set God free. I don't want to tell him how he works. I, I want God, whoever that is to tell me how they work. And so slowly work by brick broke down those, those walls, that foundation, that shell of this is the way the world works that specifically came from church for me. But it also, it manifested in a lot of different areas because everything that I thought was true in the black and white that had, that had helped me channel myself in and and rein myself in so much that all had to come down. Mm. So that's been three years now and I'm still seeing my wonderful therapist and just doing a lot of, I'm a naturally very like introspective person. And I just want to know like what's going on with me. Um, so fast forward to like, so I guess I've been doing a lot of work with my therapist and in my journal and with my art and with myself to reclaim my feminine energy, to notice all these, all of the ways that those old patterns of fear and fear and inadequacy came up for me Mm -hmm. and try and heal those parts of myself, reclaim those parts of myself and, and step into something greater. Yeah. Um, so the other day, so that's the background. I don't know if I should pause there for a that's second. That's perfect. No, that's great. And so, um, and so that's the context. And then the meditation that's the, context, the other day. Yes. Sorry. That was by the, no, you're fine. You keep talking. I'm going to look up so that they know what episode the meditation's at. You tell us oh, what yes. it is. So how did it come um, in? So I had an endocrinologist appointment coming up last week. And that's an appointment with the doctor that I see for my type 1 diabetes. By the way, love my doctor. She's fantastic. Okay. I've actually almost, I couldn't point to a specific healthcare provider that I was like, oh, they really scarred me. It's like the system of beliefs in general um, that made it feel like you just need to stay in control because that it just, felt like science. Control. It just felt like fact of you yeah. need to be in control of your blood sugars or else you're going to have complications in the future. And so my endocrinologist appointment was coming up and I was feeling so much anxiety coming up. It was, even though the appointment itself was going to be 30 minutes, she's going to check on things. Things are good, looking good. We're good. Um, and she's going to ask me if I need anything, like if I need any prescriptions filled or anything like that, yeah. like this is going to be a really easy appointment. It's really not that big of a deal, but it wasn't actually the appointment I was scared of. It was bringing up this fear and this trauma of like, I can never be good enough at controlling this. 
And the meditation that you were, that you led through was like, take a thought and bring it down, like down a conveyor belt Mm. into your like inner fire, inner lava. That imagery just was very, very powerful for me. And I'm retrospectively realizing just how powerful that image of fire or lava is to me. Um, I, and so the thought that I was thinking at the time was I need to be in control. Um, this just, this is a fact that feels true. It's been backed up by all of these different reasons. And for my whole life, like that just seems true. You need to be in control of yourself. Um, and the, the, uh, visualization was like, bring it down into your inner, inner knowing into your inner fire and then bring it back up and what's left. And you like cleanse it. So you take your thought. Okay. So just for all those who are, I don't want to, sorry, this is just oh, episode okay. 314. I want to say it was on October 19th of 2023. It's called love yourself again, a guided visualization to release body disgust and sadness and to love yourself again. And I would add to that, um, let go of control and heal any sort of paradigms around your body that are keeping you stuck in a box and, and not feeling safe to fully embody. Yeah. That's what it, it it became its own thing for me. Um, because that was the specific thought that I was bringing to it. And when I visualized that fire and like reconnected with that root chakra, I was like, what came back was bones, was ashes. Like that thought was like, it felt like the fire, my body, my inner knowing was like, no, like rejecting that idea. So I have a two and a half year old right now. So I hear that word a lot. <laughs> I have a little bit. No. Of like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, no, no. Um, and, but it was like this beautiful no that said, no, we do not need to be in control. That's ridiculous. Like that is absurd. In somehow that thought in the fire was like, what, what even does that like? So this was, oh, it's, it just sounds like you had a moment of like, I like control over control comes from fear and distrust. And your body was screaming at you like, like no more. You can trust me. We can work together. We can be collaborative. We can have open communication with each other. We can, you know, we can heal. We don't need to control. We need to heal. We need to go from fear to love. Yes, exactly. That's what's come up for me since then. In that moment was like, no, I don't need control. I need my my body telling me I don't need control. I need support. Mm, Oh, so good. My body needs very specific support in the form of specific doses of insulin or specific doses of food. And I know how to do that. I'm in a good rhythm with that. Um, But if I think of it as support instead of control, such a little shift, but it's been blowing my mind up for the past week because of all those things that you just said, shifting from fear into love. And the more I'm like, whoa, this fire inside of me, that's the love. That's the knowing that's been there all along. And I've been trying to control it in all of these ways, not just my diabetes, but in so many ways. And 
what if I didn't need to control that fire anymore? I, I love that. I want to talk about Jesus for a minute because I feel like his whole mission was to interrupt cycles and patterns and rules that were created from control from fear, right? The law of Moses at the time was very, and I'm not picking on anybody that might identify as being Jewish or anything. I'm just saying in the Bible, um, I'm trying to illustrate a move from fear to love. His whole thing was, what if we, what if we, um, transcend the rules? What if the rules are at a lower vibrational state, essentially than your divinity? And what if, as you tap into your divinity, you will just know what to do. And he just kind of made it up as he went and it made the Sadducees and the Pharisees crazy. (laughs) Um, and so this, this thing that you're saying from, you're saying instead of control, Hey, how's your control doing? How much are you controlling your diabetes? How much are you living the obedience? How much are you checking all the boxes, living in the box? It's like, what if I operate from love? What if I'm supporting my body? What if I'm being devoted from a place of love for God? Um, And so it's, I just, I feel so passionately about this because I don't have an opinion on, on whether people should be in or out of any sort of religious organization. I will say that it's, it was astounding to me looking back after I had left the church that I grew up in, how much fear I lived in all of the time in a religion that was worshiping Jesus Christ, who was like the epitome of love and acting from love, making decisions from love, teaching from love. And yet in my little body, I was terrified of stepping out of line. I was terrified of not being enough. I was so terrified. terrified. It was love is fear, 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 fear. And I was like, I am missing the mark somewhere. And I take that personally responsibility. I'm not saying the church was missing the mark. I must've been missing the mark somehow. And that's, that was when I really had my personal, like genuine come to Jesus. Like if I'm really going to come to Jesus, I got to start living from love, like seriously, because that's exactly what he did. Yeah. I very much relate to, to what you were saying. And for right now, this space that I'm taking, this rediscovering my feminine, this is where I'm at. And I reserve the right to go back to the church. I reserve the right to stay away forever. I don't know about any of that yet, but right now this is where I want to be and need to be and feel is right for me sacred in a sacred, holy, godly way for me to be untethered from anything right now and rediscovering and healing and re-listening to my own voice, inner knowing. Oh man. So, okay. So you've told me in our chats before this interview that you feel like you're on the cusp or the brink of something really powerful and it scares you sometimes. So even though this sounds really great and it is really free, there's a new, there's always that fear that wants to come in and say, um, I don't know, like there's a reason, there's a reason, there's a reason that control is the go-to it's because it feels safe to us. Yes. But what if the safest thing we could do would be to let go of control and trust the divinity and the inner knowingness within us? And so what do you see this panning out to look like in your future, whether with your diabetes, um, with your spirituality, with your motherhood? Yeah. 
or, or maybe just you can tell us some changes you've already felt just since doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to love to explore this because it just feels, it's a little bit breaking my brain to think about what it would be like to release this need for constant control. Um, like I just, it comes from everywhere. Like, Oh, my aging on my skin, I need to be controlling that. Oh, my, my weight. I need to be controlling that. Oh, my clothes. I need to be like, Oh, things get dusty. I need to be controlling that. I need to be making sure that my house is always dusted. Like all of these things, if I didn't need to control them, what, what would you be doing instead? What would I be doing? Would I still dust? Maybe, maybe not. Would I still like, I, I would still take care of my, of my diabetes. Cause that's, that's very important. But like, how could I do it from love and support every time I go to my insulin pump to take insulin for my food? I was like, Oh, my body needs this much right now, this much insulin to dose for this meal versus like, okay, how can I manipulate this? How can I control this? It's such, such a, sorry, such a subtle shift. That's a mouthful, but it is (laughs) not, it's, it's yeah monumental. It's actually everything. It's not subtle. I feel like that release, if I could trust myself, trust my body, that's my next frontier. Like that's my next level up for my art, for my motherhood, for everything. And I don't really know if I know what it would look like. Yeah. It just feels like where I need to, where I need to explore next. Into the unknown. (laughs) Into the unknown. (laughs) I love that movie. I cry every time she sings Show Yourself. Probably for this reason. (laughs) Well, and listen, you think about that movie, she's finding her mother. Like to find, and I think about Eve, Eve bit the apple into the unknown. Like there is something when it comes to restoring your feminine, you've got to be willing to go into the unknown because we live in a masculine world. So you're not going to really get a template. Now I do like to think and believe that I do give and help women. I do provide women by just my embodiment and like how I'm trying to live my life. I give them a template. And I wanted to read this quote that you and I grabbed in our pre-interview chat. This is by Marion Williamson. And it's from a book she wrote called A Return to Love. She says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Okay, and and you've you've talked about that um, you've talked about that, like the moment you went into the MTC, you might've thought it was your darkness that you were afraid of, like of not being enough. And so I love that. I love that she goes a a layer deeper and she's like, it is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us because you and I have both talked about how we've had moments of being scared of the power within us. It's something I feel almost daily. It doesn't really linger anymore because I, I know that it's a part of me that's trying to be a protector. And so the fear of my power comes up because 
for women, like back into the women's Holocaust, uh, if you'll, if you will, of, of the burning times, this is like, this was like seven generations of, um, anywhere from like 40,000 to, to people have estimated in the millions of women all around the world, mostly women, 80% women, um, being persecuted for being healers and being powerful, or even just having land and being in their power and running their own show and their own house. Um, like it's actually our light and our power and our bigness that frightens us most, not our darkness. She says, we ask, this is Marianne Williamson. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, or fabulous? And I've been feeling that lately. Like my dreams are coming true. They're freaking coming true right now in my life. I've been working for like a year on manifesting specific things and they're just popping in and really influential people are saying yes to coming on my podcast or wanting to hire me or like, ugh. and I'm like, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? She says, you are a child of God. You're playing small does not serve the world. And I want to add to that. You're playing small doesn't actually keep you safe. It does. It, it might to some degree, um, but the greatest safety and the greatest fulfillment and joy is in connecting to that power. Um, she says, there is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And I'm going to say the glory of just the divinity of being a human and aliveness in the universe as well. Um, so as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated. This is the last sentence. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence, just being in a presence of not fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Ooh, Marian Williamson, a return to love. Hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I love just the last sentence of that. That um, Also another like recommendation that I was thinking of earlier when you were talking about Jesus. Have you read the book of longings by Sue Monk kid? No, I know she grew up really Christian though. Yes. I love her books. They've been incredible for me in this time of life. That book specifically revolves around Jesus time. It's beautiful. And one of the things that she talks about is it's about the book of longings, the woman in it and her like prayer to her divinity. And it made me think about what's my prayer to divinity. And it really comes into that last sentence that you read 
that I want my presence or my just being to be a safe, just like a yellow bubble of love for people Yeah, that they, when they are in it or they see it, they say, that's beautiful. And it makes them stop for a second. Like, I don't want, like, I don't want to walk down the street in my red heels and make people like turn their heads. I want my, when people see my soul that they say, there's something beautiful about being a human. Mm -hmm. That's all I want in life. Please. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you feel like is the takeaway here for our listeners today or one of them? Like what, what do you want to, to leave them with as far as reclaiming and restoring the feminine and the freedom shifting from fear to love being. Yeah, I guess I don't, I don't have feel like I have the answers yet or no yet, but I do know that the fear is not the answer. The control that I have clung to for so long is not my way to that dream, to that longing of being that embodied, trusting, loving soul. Control is not the way to get there. Support and love and trust is what I need to get there. Yeah. Support and love and trust. So to all the mamas listening, how can you surround yourself with support and love and trust? And how can you let go of control, which is trying to protect you from fears that you have and that you're living with? How can you get to the root of your fears and pluck them out? And, or actually you could just transmute them, transmute them into love. I do want to put in a plug right now because this is literally what I do with clients. Um, and so I just wanted to say that, do you want to share, I don't know, you want to share any thoughts on what it was like when you did coaching the role that maybe, um, coaching has played and I don't know. I just wanted to see if you want to share it or even just my teachings, even since coaching like emails. Yes. And- yeah, sure. Okay. I, I feel like coaching and therapy both yeah, um, and just continually ex and also journaling too has been really, oh, really yes. powerful for me as you know, that's something that's always accessible to me. Yes. So that's really, journaling. really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things, but coaching in particular, um, I don't know, to just be able to explore these things outside of your own head. Yeah. Um, when you speak them into being and you speak them into this space between, you know, between two people or onto a page or what, you know, whatever, but especially I think with someone that feels safe to you, that feels like they are holding this like beautiful little canvas for you to just pour all your stuff onto. Yeah. Um, then they can help you. Cause sometimes 
at least for me, my mind is actually not the safest place. <gasps> Say that again. Sometimes. Sometimes my mind is not the safest place for me. Yes. Because it's I, too close. I and would say so when I can get it just two inches from my mouth onto the little canvas <laughs> and this mothering figure can, can hold that for you. Sometimes that two inches is all that I need to actually be safe. And like actually yeah. get to get it out there in a way that feels safe. So I can take it back and say, yes, mm-hmm. I am safe in here, but I had to get out of my brain. I had to speak it into being, I had to have a safe, holy place for it to be or else it just would have kept going in the same patterns and the same loops in yeah. my brain. I think let, let's just to recap, fear truly is a survival mechanism. So you don't need to be hard on yourself if you're like, if you have a lot of anxiety or even depression and have struggled a lot with fear and over controlling in your life. At some point in your life, you learned that as a child, like to stay safe in the organization or in the family that you were in. To stay safe and successful. Stay, it was successful and not rejected from the tribe. It's the only modeled pattern of success that we really have seen. And so that's another thing that keeps me watching you, Lizzie, is that you are modeling success, you know, whatever that is for you, financial success, but also like just you feeling good, like you saying your dreams coming true. Like that's not just money related, but that's, it's a different model than I've ever seen that your model includes rest. Your model include, or I don't know, I'm calling a model. The way you're doing it is, is a way that's working for you. That's not based on control. It's based on love. And so I'm like, I'm like a fly to a light. I'm like, that is so cool. I want, I want my fire to be free. I want to use my fire, play with my fire and let it burn me. Yeah. The image that's coming to mind is I think there's a lot of women who are spiritual from their heart chakra up, but their lower chakras of knowing who they are, what they want and feeling safe are actually not operating. And so they, they are spiritual genuinely and on the surface, like they're good, but when they really stop and have pause and really go into their body on a deep, deep level, there are parts of them that along the way got lost, scattered from fear and they got left behind. And so I was just on a consultation with somebody who was talking to me today about hiring me for coaching. And I heard the words coming out of my mouth. Like, I can't wait till you find these missing pieces of yourselves and you can feel it, right? You guys, you can feel it when you're missing Um, It's not like the parts of you are gone. It's like they got stuck and frozen at a time when there was fear and trauma or a lack of love. And so what I help women do is I bring this big force of love and I help you find it in you. And then you take that force of love and you go to the wounded parts of you and you reclaim them and you integrate them and you nurture them and heal them. And then what happens is you just kind of evolve into responding and living from love, period. Now you still have moments where you feel triggered. You have moments of fear. You have moments when these wounded, wounded parts of you are triggered and they are afraid because they're trying to protect you, but you know how to calm them and nurture them 
And then what that does is it creates deep presence and connection in your body and with your other relationships. And it creates this big opening of like birthing energy where you birth your real authentic, true full self. Um, like because you've integrated all these parts of you. So I think that's what you have to look forward to Shara. And I think that's what every one of my clients has to look forward to is we're making this transition from fear to love. That's ultimately what, what it's doing, right? It's cloaked in the branding. Right. It's cloaked in the branding. And, and in my story, it's, it's, I don't say cloaked in a bad way. I'm saying like, I, I speak it to people in the postpartum coach, but you don't have to be postpartum to work with me. Like Shara was, you know, working on having her first baby and also really in a lot of inner, inner dialogue that was super not safe and super like mean and toxic and not safe in her body and in her mind. That is so I've been there. It is so creepy. It's so, so dangerous. It's so (laughs) self-destructing. Yes. Yeah. You, you regularly like got to that place of feeling just totally worn down. I remember. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. All the time. And I, I guess I should celebrate that. I, it's, I'm still integrating. And I think I, I loved your imagery of like the different chakras. Like I am moving down and becoming safer, deeper and deeper. And I loved the meditation that you did. It gave me a visualization of that fire that is so deep that has always been there for me. Yeah. And I've used to get me certain, to get me good control over my diabetes. And I've used to check all the boxes at church. But now I want to set it free and I want it to just consume me and see what comes out of my hands, see what comes out of my life from it. Yeah. And not just consume you, but transform you. The fire of pure mm-hmm. love and pure safety within yourself sets you free. It's it's kind of like when you have a, when a child has a secure attachment with their mother they can be in the same room with their mom, but they can leave and go explore and they'll check back with her. But like, they feel free to explore because they feel so safe with her. Whereas actually I've, I, because I, I was a um, family development and child development major and they, they would show us video footages and they would be analyzing attachments of children with their mom and the children who feel the least safe with their mom would actually stay the closest to her. They didn't have the safety and the confidence um, to go out and kind of borrow the safety she'd given them in their nervous system and go explore. And so the work you guys are doing in your nervous system and in your body of transitioning to love and creating safety within the way that you talk to yourself and fully embodying all of your chakras and all of your body, this does impact your relationships and attachment to your children and the way that they go out in the world. And I will just close my bit with this. Just research has shown that the number one factor of a child's adjustment is mom's mental health. And what we call mental health is really her emotional self-regulation. So crazy, crazy cool. Do you have any, any, any final comments? Yeah. That you want to say to wrap up? I don't know. I guess anybody listening i am excited for us and just the movement that i feel in the on this planet on in the dirt below us and in this the energy that we're putting out that women are we are playing with our fire and it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen and i want to i'm excited to see it in everybody yeah. If you want to see me, you can look me up on Instagram, Shara's Space with a C. You can... Wait, Shara's 
space. Shara's space. So Shara with a C underscore space. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes so that they can easily find it. Shara is an artist. And listen, as you were talking, Shara, I was like, I need you. I'm commissioning you to create um, a painting or a sculpture or something, some modality that is women are playing with their fire. And it's like, it's like the passion and the purpose and the playfulness and the the embodiment and those lower chakras. I'm just, yes. just going to say, I want that from you. Okay. 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 I've already been playing with that idea. So go check it out. But. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. So guys go check out Shara's artwork. I'm going to put her link in the show notes on the, um, and it'll be in the description on YouTube. Thank you, Shara. You know, we made magic together on Marco Polo and that's how this episode was born. And I, felt strongly that there needed to be a conversation about returning to love and transitioning and transmuting your life to operating from love here on the podcast and embodiment comes with that. So thank you. I know that this conversation is going to impact women. It's going to get them thinking it's going to start spinning those lower chakras and, and, and creating a craving in them to want to live more embodied and more from love. And to those of you who are on that journey, thank you for sharing this time with us. We feel so honored that you would you know, give your time and attention, which is the most precious currency that there is um, to us on this podcast today. Make sure that you have left a, re- a written review. If this podcast has helped you at all, please do that because it does help other women find the podcast. The algorithm will put it in front of more women as more of you guys as listeners leave written reviews. So thank you for doing that in advance. And thanks again for being here, Shara. We'll thank see you, you guys. Of course. And don't forget to visit her on Instagram. Make sure you get my free mini course at lizzylangston.com. And I guess the last thing I wanted to say, sorry, I meant to say this earlier, but I have a book club and I haven't been um, mentioning it publicly, but it's called Restoring the Feminine. And it's um, it's the same work I do in coaching. It's just a little bit more of a casual, passive consume, consume it rather than like get in the container and work at it and like confront yourself with coaching it's, um, we have books that we read every month and it's 50 bucks to be joined the, the book club. And we're reading right now, women who run with the wolves by Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. This book came out in the nineties, I believe. And is like, when talk about the wild woman archetype embodiment. So we're doing that. We're going to be doing, um, a women's sexuality book called come as you are around Valentine's day. We're doing well, highly recommend that book. Oh, good. Yeah. We're going to be doing one of, um, Sue Monk kids books, the, the dance of the dissident daughter around Easter time. So yeah, just go to, I'll put the link in the show notes in the description, but it's just lizzylangston.com forward slash book dash club, uh, forward slash, and you'll get there, but I'll put that link down there too. So you guys can check that out if this is really resonating with you. All right. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Oh, wait, stop recording. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.